It can't be that time of the week again. It is. It's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Hellard. Okay, so long day is out of the way, which moves on to which, well, it was a day that probably would be pretty big in anyone's calendar, but I imagine after the, uh, after the long day, marathon day, walk in the park. Walking, well, it is for some people. A lot of walking, <laughs> a lot of walking by now. But there was, there was still on the line here. Yeah, here. actually, that's true. I'd be interested to see what the stats were of dropouts on the last day. Oh no way! They couldn't have been. There couldn't have been any dropouts on the last day. Because there must have been some people who came over the line, the, the the long day, just in bits, and have been desperately praying they could. Even you know walk and because I heard of one guy who um, who had pneumonia and he finished what? still yeah yeah he had pneumonia and still finished oh man but yeah the marathon day you think oh God, and you think fine but also oh really do we have to oh how far how far ahead weren't you like twenty minutes ahead or something of the of your nearest competitor I think point. by the and actually I was I've, I can't remember I was about forty five minutes I think. oh was it oh yeah, the, the thing it's, is it's, if you there's still the opportunity for you for something to go seriously wrong because I don't imagine that you you walked it on you know you, you slowed down or anything else like that what did you yeah it's quite interesting because there's for some people well if you for some people if it's just about finishing then they know they're going to finish yeah because if you've survived if you're in one piece and you've done the double day yeah you know that nothing on earth is going to stop you other than maybe a leg fracture, which is highly unlikely. So, um, yeah, a lot of people are going out there kind of almost like a lap of honour. Yeah. Um, I, I was a bit the same. I, um, I was in, sat in, I don't know what position, 16th, 15th, 17th. Yeah. And I knew that as long as I didn't completely pass out, um, I should be fine for top 20, oh, should be fine yeah. for top Brit. Um, All of a sudden, get a drip on you, two hours, penalty, dun dun dun. That, that can happen, yeah. couldn't it? I mean, that's a. Or you could, you could be like um, Ed Clancy, who he dropped a bottle top. To pay, well, he, um, <laughs> I don't think he did. From everyone I know, who, um, well, I know Ed, and also he also ran with Elizabeth Barnes, who is uh, someone who I'd always trust their word. Um, and they both said that you know, he never dropped a bottle cap, but. That cost him two hours. So what, they found a bottle cap with his name on it? With his number on it, yeah. And they, they can't for the life... He can't for the life of them think how that possibly could have happened. Unless someone had picked it up and... You, you... <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! Oh, oh, some of my bottle's gone. Could you just quick... Could you lend me yours? Could you lend me yours? You're going to throw it away anyway. Just lend it to me. Two well, it'd be hours. pretty easy to do, wouldn't it? If you, yeah. if you get into a checkpoint... And say you're in 15th, all you do is run around the bins, just get every bottle top that is in the bins. Jobs are good in. I love, I love the idea of, of running into a, into the, uh, what's it called, into the, uh, the stop and, and you rummaging around some bins. I mean, like, the thing is, it, it wouldn't surprise you. It wouldn't surprise you to see, right? you think, what's he doing now? <laughs> what's he, what, he smells he smells like he should either, be doing that it's either tactical 
or he's playing a joke. It's one of the two. It's either part of the strategy, or we can see a joke being lined up here at some point. He's either being a cheeky fucker or a sneaky fucker. Okay, cheeky or what sneaky. Kind of, what kind of fucker is he? Well, actually, there was... Um, I can't remember her name now. There's this really nice girl who yeah. was having a nightmare of a water. And so I just told her that... I told her which... Um, which of the water stops I was going to leave an entire bottle of water in which bin. And so she said it was great. She always knew she came in and the, there'd be a bottle of water on the bottom left of the bag. And so she'd, uh, yeah, she'd help herself to my water. But yeah, she could have quite easily yeah. have then just taken the bottle and, you know, it'd have been screwed. Oh, I'd have loved, I loved it if you thought all your tactics had paid off to then find out <laughs> that she's some sort of stooge. By, I, can't, I can't even remember what was his name. Greg. Was it Greg? Greg, yeah. Greg, Greg. Yeah, they came Greg with the slash team. Chris. That's it. Wow. So, so, um, but didn't you have? Wasn't there a moment on the marathon day where you did have a little bit of a panic? Yeah, I mean the the day itself is a uh, it's a pretty cool day because they have it instead of the top fifty, there's top two hundred. Right. So it's quite nice to be in a moment of other people's moments where. To be in the top, because we've had our top 50, we all think that's quite cool. So for us to be in the top 200, you know, everyone pretty much knows top 50 will be top 200. So for everyone else, that that extra 150, it's quite a nice moment of, yeah, "Yeah, come on, guys. And so it's it's a really nice atmosphere, that. Um, Actually, I went out to to clap out the the non-200. And just as they crossed the line, um, someone's bottle of water suddenly appeared on the floor. So I was like, oh, crap. Who's this? So I picked it up and it was 5.50 and I started running along trying to find number 5.50. Couldn't find them. So I ended up having to go right round the front, uh, kind of legging it past all the group and then just looking, looking, looking. And eventually um, this, this lady who was 5.50 came past and I'm like, you've forgotten your water. You dropped your water. And she's like, no, I didn't want it, mate. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. Cheers. <laughs> but she could have been fine two hours for that. She just dumps it. Oh, Yeah. Yes, yeah, she just, um, I mean, it wasn't a full bottle, but still, it wasn't in a bin. Amazing. And it was, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we, we all started as our, our top 200, and it was, it was quite a cool start, because yeah. a lot of people there were just quite relaxed and just knew, well, just, just jogging at home. Some people were racing. I mean, if you're... If you're 18th, 19th, 20th, or seven, or nine, ten, eleven, or and in fact any kind of top 25, top 30, anything that beginning yeah. with a zero or a five, we're probably racing. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the internationals as well, where it could be first French, first American, first oh, Italian. Of course, yeah. So you've got all first these Batman. First, first Batman, first Batman, first yeah. Batman. It's always a, always a big one. Oh my god! I mean, it's still still not come in yet. It's, uh, <laughs> They're waiting. They're waiting for you. Uh, they're waiting for Ben Lou um, coming in from his mouth. But um, yeah, they. So you, you. It's quite, quite an interesting day because half the people are doing the lap of honour, having yeah. a great time, having a chat, and some of the people are hammering it out, and yeah. other people are, are completely hanging off the back of someone. Where you know, if I finish ahead of this guy, yeah. I've got it. Right. And so there's, it's the first day of tactical running right through the field, right, which is okay. brilliant. And because of that, the first 200, this, the pace that people were going off at was really bizarre because no one really knew what to do. And it was a marathon, 
So it's quite long, but also it's the last day. It's the final day, and you're so light because you've, you've had your long day's food, which yeah. is a crap load. And you're, most people are left with 2,000 grams of macadamia nuts, and that's about it. And people have dumped there. If they've got a stove or if they've got any a pillow, no one, no one cares about the last night, and so they're just dumping everything. So you're all running with maybe a kilogram and a half of weight on yeah. you. And, uh, and so we all started out, and... I my whole thing was just I'll just jog it. It'll be quite nice. I'll you know I'll, I'll enjoy it. I'm not going to get flat out just because I can't be. Like, oh, oh no! Until Ken, bloody Ken. So, uh, friend Ken, um, absolute legend who I know from the Nike Grid. He had been messaging me throughout the days, and he said, "Right, let's kind of spice things up. You're going to get 200 pounds for every top 30. I think it was." Um, every day you finish in the top 30. Right. So suddenly, the last, you know, I was going to be racing hard anyway each day. So the last day is like, oh, crap. That means today I've got a top 30. It's still. Yeah. Oh, bollocks. Which, which is probably a good thing in a way. But um, it meant I had to be working a little bit. So I started off and it was just really hard going. And my, my legs felt brilliant until I started running. And then, <laughs> do, you not, do you ever have that? Well, you feel so fresh. Yeah. You feel you feel limber. You, you've been stretching all day the day before. You've been refueling up it, and then I was just like, "Oh God, I can't be asked of this. I don't want to be here." And be, because the top fifty the day before, you had these little yellow tags. You knew who everyone was. Yeah. But the top two hundred didn't get any extra oh, identification. Okay. okay. And so I was running off by my own, uh, by myself. Lots of dunes to start with. I was taking it easy, being overtaken by everyone. And then when we came out of the dunes and there was a little bit you could run on, I suddenly had this, this feeling like I haven't seen anyone that I recognize. I'm so, I'm so used to the people I run around, you yeah. know, because you know people generally, well, and you know everyone ahead of you, um, and then maybe five or six people behind you, yeah. depending on when you've, how you've paced it. And I was suddenly aware, like, oh, my God, there's no one here. And I knew I'd been running pretty slowly. I didn't have my watch on. Um, and so I just had this sudden panic that, crap, what happens if everyone's legging it? And I'm, I'm just here jogging along. And, you know, 35 minutes, 40 minutes, it's, it's a lot. But if I've got this completely wrong and they're seven-minute seven miling, <laughs> then, yeah, that could be it. So about 12 miles in, I start to panic maybe a bit earlier, like kind of 11 miles, I start to pick the pace up. I'm like, God, where is anyone? Where is anyone? Can't find anyone. Then Ali, um, number one Brit, he comes up behind me. And that's when I was like, oh, thank God, Ali's here. Because um, Ali was the person who, if he smashed it away from me, was uh, could have potentially got first Brit. Yeah. So, um, but I was still panicking. I'm like, all right, mate, what are you doing here? Um, and he goes, yeah, good, good. How are we doing? I was like, honestly, mate, we've, we've screwed it. We've screwed it. I don't think we're even in the top 40. So he then panics because he's racing for top 20. Yeah. And second Brit as well. Um, so he then shoots off. And I'm like, honestly, mate, he then starts letting Your mind it. game's totally messed up there. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work. You then coax on your nearest rival to run faster. Well, yeah, he pushed. I mean, he had a great day, actually. I think he was pretty pleased with it. So he then smashes on. So I'm then... Like desperately trying to 
Um, cause I, I know Ali's not going to take 40 minutes out of me in, in a half marathon. I mean, that's, that's a crazy amount. So I, but then the rest of that day, I'm just fleecing myself where my body just doesn't want it. It's not prepared for it. I'm not prepared for it mentally. I've checked out and it was hard. It was just sand and sand and sand and sand. And so, yeah, it wasn't until I got to maybe eight, 800 meters out that I saw, um, saw Natasha. Uh, so I saw Natalie, yeah. the uh, the French metronome. But I thought, okay, there's no way she's going to be slow, and that's when I could finally relax. But oh god, there's l- feeling of pressure there, then, and there's just that fear that I've blown it. And I thought, actually, two hundred quid's quite a fair bit for yeah. for street children. Yeah. Um, that um, that situation is when they decide to start um, marathons, yeah, or ultra marathons with half marathon runners. And they're all like mixed together at the start, yeah. and you don't, and you don't know, you 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 get your pace all wrong. You get it wrong because people are going off at ridiculous speeds and things like that, and it really messes with you. Or they mix you a little, like a couple of miles into the race or something. You all yeah. start different starts. You all, because that, um, yeah, that happens in a lot, quite a few. But I can see how if you're under the pressure of actually having to have a, a finish, but also not being able to see the person who is your nearest rival. Yeah, that's. That, did you think he was ahead of you? Yeah, I thought I, I hadn't oh, seen okay. that. Okay. I assumed he was ahead. I thought him and Christian were way ahead. Right. So I was just running and running and like, God, where the hell are? And because I didn't have my my watch on, I didn't know what what mile, uh, you know, minute per mile I was doing. So I just had no concept of of how quick I was going or how slow I was going. Um, but then I'll tell you, there must have been some epic races out there people game for like top 100 top 50 yeah top 20 uh, and ali made it ali i think he ended up 19th which is a bloody good result he's, oh, I mean, wow. he's a good runner but yeah he was and poor christian um third brit i think he ended up 21st oh, yeah. really close really really close um and it's, it's it's coming down to you know minutes after 26 25 hours of running it's insane <laughs> um and people, but you also, when you finish, you don't get a medal. So you've got the charity day the next day and they decided because people, well, actually I don't know why I'm guessing. I'm guessing because people just didn't take the charity day at all seriously and some people fucked off that you weren't allowed your medal until you finished charity day. So you, you've already had the, the massive adrenaline rush of finishing the long day, which yeah. is for most people, myself included, the best finish line you're ever going to cross, you know, in the night, sometimes it could be yeah. the day, but you know, you've, you've run possibly further than you've ever run. You've done it. You've, you've basically broken the MDS, just such a rush. Yeah. You've already had that. Then you have the neck, a full marathon and then you finish and like, all right, still no medal. Um, and it's just bizarre because you're, you're in semi race mode where, You've still got to have 2,000 calories on you yeah. um, for the next day. In theory, you're meant to have your food for that night. Where, so obviously, most people only have 2,000 calories total because no one cares about race fueling anymore. You just have macadamia nuts. Some people have olive oil because it's the highest calorie. Really? And so you, you, you come in, you're like, oh, no medal. And <laughs> no, I've, I've got, got olive oil. Olive oil. <laughs> that actually I probably aren't allowed to have until I cross the start line in case my bag's checked. So it's a really weird end to a race. It is. Why, why do they do that now? It's so odd. 
it's so odd and it's such a shame because you want that moment of yeah. yeah a picture of you with a medal looking really excited buzzing you and your teammates together um, so so but did they so what happened what happened later on that evening so you kind of come in and because of the i don't think it's as pronounced uh a head start for the the, the first group yeah. I think they start maybe an hour and a half ahead of you which is nice actually I, I, I think the Moroccans are still first in yeah. but you're coming in pretty close to each other yeah. so um, you kind of finish get that tiny cup of tea and then um, you, most people hang around for their tent mates or for their friends and just clap everyone in and uh, but not much goes on they kind of they do the award, so then you hang around a bit. Then at night you have the award ceremony, yeah. which is which is nice. So you have see. an award ceremony without having got your medals. So it, all the everyone else, all the top people get their awards. Yeah. So yeah, the the locals, the Moroccans can can get home if they want because they've got their award and all yeah. that. Um, but everyone else, no one's got a medal. You then <laughs> watch this, and they it's brilliant. They imported this. They imported a band from France yeah. who, uh, uh, who was singing and kind of getting the atmosphere going. And I just thought, wow, they could have imported any- someone from anywhere. <laughs> flying, flying a band in from, from Paris or from wherever it may be is equally as hard as flying someone in from anywhere else in Europe. So this, you know, they, this could be the greatest band you could possibly get in the whole of Europe for whatever the price point it is. And I'm like, and they've chosen this band. It wasn't. Wow. Baby, come back. Oh, it's what, what people I wanted. Was, I, do you know what? I was angling at the fact that I thought they, they still sent the Paris Opera out there. Someone mentioned something That's about That's what happened. When we, it used to always be they used to send a Paris Opera out there and had a full, used to have a full orchestra and everyone oh. dressed up as though Whoa. like the thing and it was amazing and I was like I hadn't like really talked about it because I thought oh it's going to be amazing when when you come in and they do it but now they've that got would have been incredible shitty French band <laughs> instead I mean I assume it's probably it's probably a lady it's probably Patrick's girlfriend or something or his lover <laughs> it was uh, um, a French lady in her I don't know, 40s 50s singing songs okay <laughs> Liza Minnelli style and you're like, wow, this could be any band, any, or band any style. From the whole of Europe. And the whole, oh, well, the whole of Europe, Africa, Middle East, it would cost the same, wouldn't it? Like, Possibly even North America, oh, Asia. Wait. It's probably the same for most countries yeah. in the world. To go out there, um, set that up. Wow, that was magical when, I, when, when they did the opera thing. I'm not sure that it was quite the same experience. Well, because sh- they... I mean, for me, if I, was, if I was those guys, everyone's finishing, they've got 200 euros on them. Everyone just wants to get on it because the next day you're thinking, I've got, it was, I think, 19K to walk. And sure, you can run it, but you do it as a tent because you'd yeah. be, you have to be a dick not to. And inevitably, in most tent, there's, there's tents as someone who's injured. And so you're going to walk it together. You're thinking, God, I've got to do 19K tomorrow. Whereas if, if you got properly battered on that night, you know, yeah. you got, and, and also you'd be in the, you'd be partying in the desert. It would be like be awesome. cross between um, Burning Man and, and Mad Max. It'd be just <laughs> brilliant. 
and you'd have all your friends there. You get to socialise yeah. all, all your all your the, the people that you've uh, you've been racing against, and you could have such a good party. Where if you got a free beer um, when you cross the line, and then you could buy more beers, everyone would be because. The, right, the thing is, but look at the reality of it, okay? I completely see this, but who do you think, as a group, would get more smashed than anyone else? <laughs> <laughs> it would clearly be the Brits, wouldn't it? I mean... Ah, oh, but they could they could charge it. It would be like in Arrested Development, when they're um, on the Mexican border and they're charging $2,000 or something like that for uh, an iced water. <laughs> It'd be the same. It'd be like £20 a beer, and you'd be like, yeah. Just, just, I'll take as many as I can get. But it would mean that everyone would get their drink and just assemble at the finish line. Because some people were there at the finish line. We went out and our tent just sat on, on towels on the finish line. But there weren't that many people there. We were just clapping everyone in. But you, you could get a proper assemble of everyone just coming together. And the next person comes and gets a beer. And you're, it'd be such a good atmosphere. <laughs> I like I like your alcoholisation of the MDS here. This is good. Oh, this is completely. great. It'd be amazing. I mean, you would get just, dehydrated at all. Oh, just imagine it crossing the line on that final day to the sound of Pato Banton or Stacker oh. Bow. Oh. With beers being, th- ice cold beers being thrust into your hand. And you would think it was heaven. It would be, it would be amazing. That would be quite wonderful after, after that amount of time. Yeah, I'll be so good. I think, we, I think we need to start a a movement of better race finishes. Yeah, because I think race, some race finishes really let let you down after like the achievement stuff, and then all you do, like yeah, especially like on ultras and stuff. You know, you do a big race and you go into a tent and everyone's sat around drinking like tea and looking slightly miserable. You're just like, we should yeah. all be we should all be getting hammered. And we go, oh, I've got to drive back. Oh, I've got to get a taxi in a minute. Or you're just like, no, no. Yeah, you'd need to, you'd definitely, that's music, what I love. Music, beer. Well, that's why I love Thanks. things like London or Medoc or, yeah. um, because you finish the London Marathon, you're in London, all your mates in London, everyone's finishing, there's so many pubs people are in, you finish Medoc, straight into the free beer tent. Yeah. It's just the way it should be. The way it should be, it's the way it will be from now on. Imagine yeah. how much better Race for Life would be if it finished at a... Shots bar. Oh yes. Well, the at the beerathon you finish and there's 150 pints of beer just sat around. <laughs> you don't even have to finish it for there to be 150 pints of beer. It's just <laughs> yeah. But the um, notice that's... that notice that subtle plug for the beer. <laughs> What's that beerathon? What what date is that, David? What date is that? Sixth of August. Oh, probably sold out. Actually, I haven't checked, but um, I think it's pretty much sold out I'm, I'm sure i can squeeze some do badders in but do badder um, special do badder privileges yeah i think i'm going to close it publicly because um i've got pete stag doing my friend bonnie's 30th both coming and they're going to be big numbers and uh and if anything we need to clear some space just create extra room for those guys <laughs> it's, it's going to be huge but um but yeah we we then had the next day where yeah. you all get up and you start and You've got to wear this blue T-shirt, this whole cotton <laughs> T-shirt. Yeah. Uh, the, what is just, this abomination of a day that they've created? I don't, I don't really understand. No one does, because they, they don't really explain it. They say, we're, we're doing the charity day, and you don't know. And, okay, uh, UNICEF sponsor. And so there are sponsors running it as well. So there's, a, there's an influx of new people 
who have come to run it or something. So you're, I think friends and family can come, but they're only allowed to go halfway. What? And then they pull out for some reason. <laughs> I think it's so they can be at the finish. I, I mean, uh, they don't really explain things very well. And so people are... Because 19K is a long way to walk. It is a long way to walk. It's still a long time. I'm sure, when, I'm sure the last day, I think the last way we did it, it still counted. It, well, it definitely still counted. But it wasn't that long. It really wasn't that long. Yeah. On the last day. I'm just imagining, I thought I just remembered it being about seven or eight miles or something. Which is fine, you know, you can yeah. do it in an hour and a half, you know, it's quite nice, quite... But this was just slightly too long. And also, if you if you got shit-faced the night before, you get up with a hangover, you'd be like, okay, this is actually a bit of a challenge. It's just something meaty to try and get my teeth into. The thing is, David, I have come to the conclusion that I think only a few people think that. I don't think most people think that. Because <laughs> they've not tried it. Because they've not tried it. No, I, know, yeah. I specifically think it's because of that, because they've not tried it. Until you know how bad a hangover you can have and how much better you feel having run yeah. an hour or so yeah. that thing, then you don't know. But it's how many people get to that point? Yeah. Well, let's make it happen again. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, we, we then, you then walk with your teammates and it's fine, but you're, you're having chats and stuff. And we ended up playing games where you had to guess things because like what? we've been... This sounds like it's lewd. You, you no, know. it wasn't. It was. It's, it was just the type of game you play with your parents at the back of a car, and uh, not your parents, but uh, but the, it, it was because you've been with your tent mates for seven days straight, so you're not exactly overflowing with more chat. <laughs> That's what. What is there to say? Normally, yes. normally, surely it gets really, really sinister. The chat after. After seven days, you start to, you start going you know diving depths um, that you you wouldn't normally expect to dive because you just run out of stuff to talk about. No depth here, mate. Just shallow, <laughs> shallow, shallow. Pure, purely superficial conversation. Sure, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It? Just saying. Then we've got Heat magazine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wonder what the Kardashians are up to right now. Wonder, <laughs> wonder how they're doing. Wonder what they're getting up to this week. <laughs> That's thing. You finish this walk. And, and actually, we had, um, it's quite nice because Ollie's, his brother and his dad came along. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was great. His dad had bought special shoes. He bought special walking poles, all of this. And he's doing 10K. And not only that, it's almost a, a taster of what we've gone through, supposedly. Yeah. Completely flat, hardly any sand, 10K walk. Yeah. And you're like, oh, come on. If, if, if friends and family and sponsors are coming to join us, Let's go 2K of hardcore dunes. Let's take them up a J-ball. Yeah. Let's do like a really heated salt lake. You yeah. want something where at the end of the like, bloody hell, that is, you know, I feel like I've experienced something there as opposed to just a walk. So you <laughs> get go, to... T- they go, well, what's, the, what's the problem about if it was all like this? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they then stop them going on. And you then have another 9K to go. Uh, and the whole way is just people walking past each other, moaning and bitching, going, what the fuck do we have to do? And no, no one has a single good reason why we're doing it or a positive thing to say. So by the time you get to the finish, 
they give you a medal and you're like, thanks, mate. Do you want a photo? And you're like, well, no, because I'm wearing a blue T-shirt. It doesn't look at all as if I've been running. It just is the weirdest photo that will certainly not be something I'd be wanting to put up going, here's me finishing the marathon de Sable because I'd be going, what? What doesn't make any sense at all? So um, it means no one's got proper finished photos. Um, everyone ends the race oh, no. just kind of... Um, well, I, I was just feeding back to everyone, going, "Oh, hey guys! By the way, just a bit of feedback. Don't do this next year, oh, guys. Genuine feedback. Please stop doing this. Oh, genuine feedback. We don't want to have to walk 19 because I don't think they know. I just don't think they get. No. I, and I think they need to be told. Just don't do it, or like make it, make it part of the race, or don't do it at all. Yeah. Or do it with friends and family, and it's a 10k, and make it bloody hard. Yeah. So you, you kind of end up, and, and the thing is as well, because, you're, because you know at the end of it you've got this five, six-hour bus ride home. Oh, yeah, of course. You're, you're then, so AD was really crippled in our group, and like, yeah, let's all do it together. But you're thinking, oh, come on, AD, I can't be asked. Wait, you hang around three hours in this walk to then do another six hours, five hours. And so, yeah, it just, it just built. Do you know when you you've been on a school holiday and you just want to be home and you're yeah. that. everyone's moaning and just fed up. You've had enough. It's, it's that atmosphere across the whole race. It's such a bizarre experience oh, and no. such, such a needless, needless way to end what could be, you finish the marathon, you get your medal. Everyone goes crazy. You, you walk in, you go, yep, thanks mate. And then and walk straight to the bus cause you don't want to have to wait around. It's bizarre. Oh, so did you get food when you finished? Yeah, he just got a little picnic bag. Weird stuff in it. and It was weird stuff in it when I had it. Like, st- stuff that you'd only buy in France. Like a fish and pasta pate. <laughs> it's just... And a crepe, and yeah, it's, <laughs> there's no... And, the, and a hulk of bread. Like, you, you don't know what goes in the bread, or it's just bits that... None of it makes sense, really. And everyone just wants a fresh orange. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, completely. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah, they're going to get on the bus for um, for ages. Oh, that's that's really that's really sad. That, that was, was it. Not like that with no, you then. No, because last last day counted. So you were running. You still meant something, even though it was a lot, lot slower. And then yeah. you, we finished in a in a town, and you you were sprinting it down to the. Um, so did you finish in a town or something? Was it just in the middle of the desert somewhere? Just in the middle of the desert. It, so, it seemed like a village, but there was nothing really there. There was like a, it's like a town, and you're, so you were actually running on tarmac towards the end, and we had it was quite a big end, so a lot of people lining the streets and stuff. Oh, and that'd be amazing! And, yeah, and you know, like you say, you're all you know in your stuff, and I got this great. You know, I mean, you've seen the photos of, of my like my finish holding the medal and stuff. It was yeah, just, it was br- it was brilliant, exactly how you expected and stuff. I didn't. I didn't feel, you know, this was the thing I was getting to you about the difference between the long day and the finish. I didn't feel yeah. very emotional at the end of yeah. it because you just, all the emotion, that that was the from the long day and the fact that, you know, you think that's it. I, that, that was yeah. when you knew that you'd basically done it. But, yeah, the finish, the finish was, was great. The finish was, at, you know, was, was really good. Um, so it sounds just really disappointing where it was almost like taken away from you. Yeah, completely. That's really, that's really it sad. So we, we don't actually have a photo of us at the finish. Oh, no. Uh, none of us have got finishing photos with our medals. Um, nothing like re- that. You have to because... recreate it. Sit in a sandpit or... Well, I've still, got my, um, I've still got my top unwashed, so I could do. <laughs> it's just sat in the <laughs> back. It's in the corner. <laughs> that's lovely. 
That's lovely. Well, it's partly I got it signed by all of the the big names there. No. I just thought it'd be quite. Are you just find it yourself. Hey, this is David Heller. On the back. <laughs> Okay, okay. But the I felt really bad for the people who were who do you imagine you've you've only just got through the long day yeah. and you've done a whole marathon and you're broken. This guy with pneumonia, for example, or people that had really bad injuries, and then you're like, right, now you've got to walk nineteen K. You just think, why? What is this about? Oh, it's it's just it's so weird. It's like because the thing is that's what happens with the race, isn't it? They do something and then they tack something on and they do something else and tack it on. And then they add bits to it, and then they don't yeah. like step back and think. Actually, this race experience has just turned weird. Let's just yeah. start again. What would make sense? You do a race and you get a medal at the end. You know, yeah. if you're going to have some charity thing, put it in the middle. You know, do something different. But I don't. Know, it's just. It's just. It sounds weird. Why? Why? I mean, do you really want family out there running it with you in the final thing? I was like, I always thought, from my point of view, it was a case of. I'm out there doing this on my own. I'll finish yeah. it on my own. That's it. It's nice and self-contained. I'm spending the time with my temp mates. Those are the people that I'm, you know, I care about for that particular time. And this is the whole experience. And then you start feeding other things into that. And yeah. it, it sort of dilutes it, I think, a little bit. So what was quite nice was the, the family and the groups came to the start. And so some people I don't think knew that. Oh, and okay. so. Yeah, you'd see people like groups of five or six with these huge banners, and uh, and you'd then see people who were wearing the same colour, or they'd be coming out, and they just they'd start crying and hugging, and that was really nice. That was really cute. Yeah, and then they had to walk nineteen k. But I mean, that those moments there were really wonderful. Um, and you, I think you want that at the finish. You yeah, want... absolutely. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And. Um... So I think the next thing now is to, yeah. to crack on and answer some of these questions because people oh, have yes. a huge amount of questions and I've got a bunch of questions I want to ask you as well. Right. Let's start right from the start. James Mills, does it deserve the title of world's toughest foot race? Oh, I'll oh take it. you're going to be Good. controversial here, I imagine, aren't you? Yeah, um, I, know, I know James pretty well. I went to uh, James's wedding last year. That guy is... Uh, He's a naughty boy, but anyway. Um, <laughs> no, he's a good lad, good lad. Um, so, the... Well, I don't think any race deserves it, does it? That title. N- nothing is ever the toughest. Well, was it toughest or greatest? Toughest. You'd say. Toughest. toughest. I don't think... And it, it doesn't exist, does it? The, the toughest, because Define it's so tough. subjective. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, is bad water tougher? Um, In a I different mean, way, I, I imagine. In, yeah, exactly, in a different way. Yeah. I think it is tough. It's definitely tough, but I think it's achievable by anyone. But it's tougher than you thought it would be. Yeah, it's... it's. I don't know if it's tougher, it's harder than I thought it would be. Tougher... We, I mean, I. that's the thing. I, looking back now, I, on the second I bonked, but if I hadn't done that, it was fine. <laughs> Of course it would have been. Of course it would But the long day was fine. The marathon day, you know, all the rest were, they were hard, but they were fine. Yeah. And actually, I, it's hard to put anything in context because it's, you know, if you turn up and do a marathon without training, yeah. that you would find that harder than I found the marathon sabla because I trained so damn hard for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so 
I think the you know you, you hear about that race in America, which is just stupid, where you you have to get a book out of a page out of a book, and I don't think anyone's ever finished it, and you run through this dense forest. Oh, the Barclay Marathons. Yeah, yeah. And you, so the, I, I, the, I, I think you could, there's always going to be something that can claim to be tougher and this and that, but. For mass participation, I think it's the toughest. Could you think of anything else close? No, I mean, it, I, th- I would suggest it is like the... Supposed almost to Almost the ultra, like, mar- ultra mar- London Marathon, really, isn't it? It's the, yeah. it's, the, it's the entry-level race that sets it up for... Yeah, there are things that are tougher, and I think most like yeah. ultra runners or multi-day runners or like racers who do things like that would, would be able to pick out tough one but like you say for mass participation I would yeah I think that's I think if you put it in in that sort of context that's true and no one's going to find it easy no doesn't matter what how even if if I you know even if I'd gone there and decided to jog it instead of race it it would have been bloody hard it's different challenge again it's like the conditions isn't it it's different challenges if you were out there longer then you know yeah, it's exactly. totally different. People at the back end up on drips as well as people at the front, you know, for, yeah. for lots of different reasons. Okay, okay, that's good. That's good. Um, another question. This is this this takes a turn very quickly. Peter Faulkner. At any point, did you have, <laughs> <laughs> did you have I'm gonna laugh by the names of most of these, by the way, because I just think of them. <laughs> well, I hope well don't well think of this one hard when listening to okay. this question. <clears throat> At any point, did you have to deal with manly urges? And if, was sand chafage a problem? Or was the mojo well and truly dampened being a tent full of stinking sandy men? <laughs> <laughs> there were, there were, well, the thing is, there were quite a few attractive women around. So there was uh, there were the two lovely French girls who were running, um, who were both pretty quick as well. That um, makes but... them more attractive, of course. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it does. It really does. Um, and actually, both seem to be really nice as well. Um, I think it was number 200. We couldn't decide whether we preferred the brunette or the blonde in our tent. Obviously, we, we knew, we discussed pretty much every attractive woman on the course. But um, I don't think for, but basically, I, I went to boarding school when I was younger. So I'm, I'm highly skilled in the art of uh, the subtle. <laughs> I don't want to know the rest of what's going here. I don't want to hear this. But I, I didn't. I didn't actually. No, I, um, I didn't get the urge. In fact, I even lasted all the way to poor my poor missus. She got a full full oh, late. When I, I thought you were going to say I lasted all the way to the airport toilets or something like that. No, no, all the way home. No, I was. Um, I, I don't know. It just killed your libido a little bit. My God, something has killed your libido. I've never had it before. Ever. It's a first. Yeah, it's. Um, well, I mean, there. I've heard of. Race. That's of awful. Did you have the urge or no, the need? Not at all. I mean, I heard of someone having sex in the the, the, um, the toilets the day before <laughs> it started a few years back. Oh, I think I've mentioned probably, that already, haven't I? Yeah, probably probably didn't get their top twenty place as a result of that that mishap. Yeah, it could be, could be. They lost the testosterone boost, but no, I didn't. I was quite surprised. Uh, we had enough space. So I think you could probably get away with it in our tent, but um, I don't think anyone else did that I know of. Okay, I've got a question for you here. Yeah. Is it all based around messages? What was the best message you received? Okay, best message, most pointless message, 
the funniest <laughs> message. <laughs> oh God, it's quite hard to remember. There were so many. So, they were nearly all funny or pointless. <laughs> the best uh, type. I did like getting ones which were like updates on sports or on the stuff that's happening in the news. Or, really? Yeah, it was quite interesting. Um, I did. I, I liked. For some reason, I just found the ones to do with Andy Parry's wife, Sheena, really funny. <laughs> and there was so many from Dante or from Gods or... Um, I was getting ones from Pete and Miller about them breaking up because uh, oh they were just God. Like, so turned on. But I couldn't tell if it was Pete or Miller or both or neither or... And that's the trouble because anyone can write from anyone. You get into this really weird, like... And I got one from Jeremy Corbyn that was really well done. <laughs> And it was, and I've I've checked since, and it it looks like it was from his office and everything. You're like, what is going on? And so, um, I'm trying to remember. I I mean, the ones I was getting from Claire were brilliant because um, she kept on giving me the laydown on all my rivals. Yeah. And after each one, she she goes. So in conclusion, you're going to smash him. And then she'd tell someone else, this guy is blah blah blah. And uh, there were, I was really out to Ali one who sat in the tent. Um, and uh, but they, I, I just think any every message is so good. And some, uh, I think it was Amy from uh, Bad Boy. She, she was just messaging me, or was it James messaging me song lyrics to horrific songs, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> just to try to get stuck in your head. And but I, I mean, I I can't wait until next year now because I'm going to send so many messages. <laughs> Just to random oh, people. It's so dangerous when you've got a Facebook group of people who are highly motivated. <laughs> the, 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 the damage you imagine. The thing is, you're causing the damage. You don't know whether it's working or not. <laughs> you don't know what effect it's having. And it's amazing that you know you're able to tell us that the messages were coming through and stuff like that. But you don't. You just don't know. We're like, okay, well, let's everybody message this person. So, um, I uh, I found the no- numbers of the uh, of your tent mates and oh, yeah. posted it on the thing, and so we. Um, we sort of played around with that. Did you get any funny looks from um, from any of your tent mates? Or <laughs> I got one from Ollie, I think, saying about me fancying him or about. And then I think Tom Georgeson had messaged to um, to Ali, just saying, you know, amazing, amazing work on you know five days endurance. You know, it's incredible having to put up with Hellard for the whole time and. Um, yeah, they're all getting silly messages. I've kept them somewhere. The, um, the my set of notes from the last night because I knew on the marathon day I could run with it. Yeah, because uh, the time didn't matter. So I've I've got all those. In fact, I'll, I'll post them in the the bad boy running group. I'll I'll take a photo, oh, cool. put the message there, so you get a sense of the mix of them and the. But they were they were just so good to read. So fun. Okay, yeah. was there a particular temp mate who was a bit dodgy? No, Georgie, you want respect. Well, I don't know. You can you can interpret that how you want. <laughs> to be honest, we were all. If, if people think that our podcast is a bunch of posh boys, my God, we were just a bunch of proper posh boys. Oh, really? Oh my God, yeah. We were all the most middle class, <laughs> kind of white um, city dwellers. Uh, <laughs> really? You could you could imagine us all getting manicures. We're that kind of. <laughs> We, we're the kind running. of people. Posh boy running, that's good. Yeah, we could have all been on uh, with Nell and I, <laughs> without a doubt. Brilliant. Okay, cool. Um, right, this is a question that I uh, 
I was desperate to ask you, but I thought I'll let you <laughs> But Eddie, producer Eddie had this question. Yeah. yeah. Are you going to go again next year and beat Danny Kendall? If not, would you consider going again and wearing a costume? For example, Filipino Special Forces uniform or Stormtrooper outfit? That's a very good question. Now that you've told... Do you think you could beat Danny Kendall? Oh, my God. No chance. You need to have reunification. Reunification. Well, I've been looking at his his time from the year before. So he's quicker than me anyway. But... But you said there was more sand this year. No, but I mean, in general, he's quicker than me on any, you know, in, in any race he'd beat me at the moment. But what about um, his well, mind, what, what's his mind games like? Well, I looked at how close he was when he, when he had his good year. And he, for, for how, like, if you look at his times, he's, he's a reasonable runner. But bloody hell does he do well in the MDS. Oh, really? Oh, my God, he's fantastic at it. Yeah, because I was looking at it thinking... um. Because he, when he came in, I think fifth, he was having some days where he was coming in, you know, six minutes, ten minutes behind the leaders. Right. And these guys are, I mean, the the guy this year, one of them was a two oh eight marathon runner. He came fourth, and so he's coming, and and you had a double London marathon winner, who came second, and she so got Danny, who he's a bloody good runner, but he's he's, he's just got under 230 at the last London so for him to be where he was is remarkable he's bloody good at the MDS there's just there's there's some people react to different environments better they you know better in heat or or, or something else and so yeah and so that's the I mean I think I I'd only go back if someone paid for me and I didn't race it hard because I can't be arsed with having to do 120 mile weeks again <laughs> It's just too much. Like the training is so much. But I'd happily, I'd happily, I'd try it again, just doing it off marathon fitness training. Yeah. And do it with a mate, um, where I'd take loads of, loads of his food or whatever it was, whatever it may be. I could act as a Sherpa. If someone paid for me to do that, yeah, I'd happily do it. Okay. But, um, be, would you get back? Uh, I was thinking about this. I looked at it so many times when you were out there. Yeah, and I don't know. I think I have it in such. I hold it as being like one of the best experiences of my life, and I think yeah. if I go back, yeah, there may be a danger that it, I don't know. I don't know if I, it would reduce. I don't know. I love the idea of going back and doing it again, especially like you say, if you've got like a, a tent full of people you know. Yeah, and that would just be awesome. Um, well, there's there's two things that would draw me. One of them is I think in another year I could top ten. And that's quite a big draw. Yeah. Um, the other one is, um, I'd just love to be able to, there's the guy, Rory, he goes back every year and does it. I'd like to just go back on no training and just do it. Like, <laughs> look, I know you, you spout on about how you keep on finishing, but come on now, it's not that hard to finish. Um, I, like the idea, be- I like the idea, and you know, I came to 60 or something like that. I like the idea yeah. that if you're in t- top 200, there's that diff- there's a different start on the marathon day. Yeah. Which yeah. that you know now you've told that to me it's almost a sort of a draw to like you know top 200 I'd be I'd be happy to like get in there that would be amazing. Well 60 of the 200s probably not how how long do you reckon that is the time difference probably not masses. No. 
no. it's probably yeah you could definitely do that yeah i think so i think so so it was um Oh, you got me thinking now. <laughs> no, we, no. Need, we need a sponsor. Who, no. who would possibly who would sponsor, sponsor us like for this? Seven grand for us to go out and have a <laughs> I could. I know who could. I know who could who? and could be used. Camel toes. Camel toes. I could camel toe you the whole race. <laughs> I don't think you have. You got a cable that long? Does it? The camel toe is like permanently stretched. That would be bloody hell. That would be. That'd be a race and a half, wouldn't it? Oh, you can manage that. I don't know if you have the strength. My God, well, yeah, <laughs> especially up those dunes, Jesus. So, so okay. The next question then I have for you, talking about that, is that what about what about dropouts and stuff? Did did it seem like there were a lot? I mean, there, there did seem to be quite a lot. We, we were monitoring that as well, and it did seem to be predominantly British. But did it? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Well, what's the matter? I had a curry and I've done a ten k. Oh, I can do the MDS. <laughs> did it seem like well, there were a lot of dropouts? It. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Because they don't. It they, seemed... they announce them all on the on the. They go through. They actually go through their names individual. Or they used to. At the, no, the, the they, they, do, they don't know the names anymore. There's way too many for that. <laughs> but but looking back, it seemed as if there were a lot more than I think there were. Oh really? Yeah, I mean, it seemed like in some days you'd have 50, 60 dropping out. Well, some days um, you did. You, you probably did, actually, yeah. yeah. I think the the different between, difference between the Brits and everyone else is the Brits have got that mentality of, yeah, I'll just get through it. And it's not a race you can just get through. Yeah. If you're not prepared, your body breaks and that's it. Yeah. And, yeah, you end up in a drip, you end up with just feet that are completely well even if you you are prepared it can happen anyway but yeah it did seem like a lot of people dropping out i mean that when ted and his group went out with probably about 16 20 brits in one go all just going the wrong direction on the day two i mean that was because they were big big personalities as well they're the kind of people that you wanted to have around because they're fun and uh you know you need a bit of entertainment just go and say what's what's ted and his group up to uh, and some really, you know, some really lovely people as well, who, um, you know, people like Nina, who just really wanted to finish because they were always in the Facebook group asking questions or, you know, that, you know, they really worked hard and it's, God, it must be, must be heartbreaking to, to not finish in, in such a way. Just getting lost, it's not even that you've necessarily couldn't, couldn't have done it. Um, but yeah, there were some days where, but I, I think this year especially, People got broken so early, yeah. and they 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 kept on trying to extend the cutoff times to keep people in, but they they ruined everyone on day one. For some reason, day two was killer as well for people, and so even by by the Wednesday, Thursday, thought oh, well, those are the days. By the the third day, and then the long day, yeah. people you know, it's walking wounded, in real trouble. Yeah, so the, there were a huge number not to drop out. Be interesting to see how many apply again, how many go back. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it would. Cause, yeah, like, I think I mentioned before that there was one person in our tent who had dropped out and they yeah. back again, and they yeah like, he probably had the bit between his teeth. He you know, approached it completely differently because um, it felt like it was unfinished business, and so. And it's yeah. not like if you drop out of a marathon or even an ultra, you can do one next week and. Oh yeah, you know, 
some of your friends will know about it, some won't. But you'll be fit enough to, to carry on unless you're injured. This, everyone you've ever met knows about it. <laughs> yeah. That your mum's neighbour will be asking about it. Yeah. It's yeah. that, because it, it's, it's that epic that unless you've intentionally kept it quiet, you're going to spend... Unless you've done a Greg. Mr. Greg, yeah, <laughs> if you've, you've changed your name. But you're going to spend your next year and a half, every person you meet for the first time is going to ask you, how did it go? And you're, you're going to have to go, uh... Yeah. It's like if you get divorced or something. And then, how's, how's so-and-so? <laughs> uh, it's over. Right, okay. But, Here's another question for you from Paul Quilter. What was the craziest thought you had whilst out running? <laughs> when I'm struggling sometimes I can't help but think if I just accidentally fall and hurt myself I won't have to finish this race <laughs> <laughs> I've had that before in, in uh, my first London when you think I could just step on a bowl then I've got an excuse to not finish <laughs> I think a lot of people think that um, craziest thought I don't know if I had that many actually I was so because it's quite intensive you're constantly having to look where you're going yeah. and think about where you're putting your next your next step and your angle and you're in the moment constantly and it's weird compared to sunday runs or even marathons where you can just just float off you don't really have that in the same way yeah so i don't know if i had any bizarre thoughts um that's very unusual for you you're not yourself you didn't have any bizarre <laughs> thoughts no, because you weren't able to express them Okay, okay. Well, we've got an actual question about running here as well. Yeah. From James Pointer. This is a good one. This is a good one. And I'd be interested in those. I think there's a lot of people clearly on the thread who are seriously considering it now and asking a lot of very, you know, oh, much, nice. much, more, much more serious questions than they'd normally ask. Um, because yeah. they're going, oh, yeah, what are the toilet situation like? What's this? What's that? Yeah. <laughs> How many miles or kilometers a week were you running in prep for this? And what sort of distances were you covering on your long runs? And now that you've finished, what training element, long runs, leg strength, training, etc., do you think is the most vital for tackling a multi-stage desert event such as the MDS? And how would you train differently next time? The, like the, the most so important was, elements that you consider to be to, that, that made a difference for you with this. So in terms of my training, I did um, math and training program to get me ready for about October, November. So that's a typical runner's world, you know, 16 weeks, build up to maybe 60 miles a week. Yep. So I did that. Then I upped it to, I was averaging probably 100 miles a week over the court from then on in. Yep. With uh, some weeks slightly less. And then uh, about two weeks out, I did 125, 120. And um, I, I think that is only a good program if you're someone who has run enough that you know your body. Right. And if you don't know what that means, then you're not that person. But so you're basically you're talking, about, you're talking about in terms of injury and stuff there. Yeah, absolutely. So I think you can only really get away with that if you're someone who's run, who's trained for marathons year in, year out. And so that you know the difference between a niggle to an injury to a strain to just soreness to tiredness you know when to drop back you know and you can run through i think unless you've got experience of all of those if you try and take on that mileage it's going to be game over unless you're incredibly lucky um i know elizabeth barnes who was first uh first female the year before she ran it 
off something like an average of 60, 65 miles a week. So it's certainly possible. And um, I think if you're looking to finish, that's doable. What I'd advise is my, my, my weekends tended to be between 40 up to kind of 55 miles Saturday and Sunday together. Yeah. Um, but actually, I never I never lost my speed work. So I do a, a park run or cross country. And, and actually, Danny Kendall's and my prep was quite similar in that. And our Saturdays, it just happens it falls into the running club schedule anyway. Do a lot of cross country races, whether it's the Southerns, you know, your Met League, your local league. And those are brilliant because you're slipping around a lot. And it's very hard. It's similar in some ways to running in sand. It's quite draining. It's really good for um, your core, uh, your ankles, and all the kind of connecting tissues. So I think I'd definitely do that again. One thing I didn't do, which I I, I do regret, a bit of a plug, but I, I stopped doing British Miniature Fitness quite early on, right. um, which was my gym supplement. And I think, actually, um, the... I'd have carried on doing those on my slow days. So that would have been my Mondays, my Wednesdays, uh, potentially have done it on Saturdays as well. Um, probably only one gym workout a week for doing that. And I think having the leg strength is really good for recovery. Yeah. Um, you can, when I did the two or three ultras, it ruined me for weeks to come. And I think if I was to do it again, I'd probably do the ultras in the summer because the ultras are really just about confidence and knowing what it feels like and testing things. So you you definitely want to do an ultra that's 50 miles, 60 miles in one day, and then do a weekend one. I think the the druids is a good one for that. Yeah. Um, and but I'd get that out of the way because for me, from January on, January on, every ultra then just screwed me from training. Oh really? And yeah, for three or four weeks. And even when I took part in Pilgrims, it was because I'd done Crunch's Capital about three weeks before and my yeah. legs was just... And so my speed work was ruined from then on. My tempo was ruined for three weeks. And, and it made it really hard psychologically because every single run post an ultra was hell because I was finding it really hard. Even slow jogs, I was finding ridiculously difficult. So I'd... I'd recommend getting your ultras in early. Um, I think um, the thing I did was I did a lot of double days, triple days, quadruple days, and that was brilliant, especially when you're building up the miles. It's just as good. In fact, sometimes it's better to go out and instead of doing – because my plan ended up with midweek, I'd be doing at least 17 to 20 miles every day. But I'd do five miles into work with a backpack on. Then I'd do maybe a tempo run at work at, 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 during the day. Or I'd go to track and do something. And then I'd jog on. I'd, I'd then do another job. And so I was ne- never having to go out for 15, 16, 17 mile runs. Because those are just so demoralizing. And so tough as well. But instead, I'd do a five mile run here. And then you refuel and your body recovers and actually it responds, it repairs, it gets better. And so if you break it up that way, suddenly I was running to work back there and back every day. That's 40 miles. And outside of that, I'd do track once a week. I'd maybe do 
a, a little bit of extra run on a Wednesday. I'd do an interval session, short one on a Thursday, and then the weekend. So I could have still gone out Monday night, Tuesday night, Sunday night, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You can, you see, you can really still have a life around it. Yeah. So I do that, and and then I'd say the the other thing is um, I would have hit some dunes. I think that's I hadn't done any of that. I, I just don't know whether the ones in the UK though replicate it. No. So yeah, just going and running in sand just to know how to approach it, what it looks like. Um, you need to almost practice the different running styles of how do I go straight up a really sandy dune? How do I skirt across one? How do I test which is um, going to be sink, which is going to be a bit crispier? Uh, and then the heat chamber. Oh, my God. I'm so glad I did that. If um, if I hadn't done that, well, the, just seeing the people collapsing and the people really suffering... I didn't have a problem with the heat at all yeah. and getting five, six, seven sessions in a heat chamber, book it in early because they book out. Um, you've got, I did the one at St. Mary's. How much, did it cost? How much did it cost to, to go in a heat chamber? Um, I think it's about 35 quid a session. So they're, they're not the cheapest, but in terms of the impact, just so good. 35 quid, 35 quid a session in a heat chamber pales into significance when you consider the cost of everything else around the, the MDS to, to actually yeah. acclimatise yeah. you slightly to, to what it's going to be like. Yeah, completely. And and you, I, but the they go really quickly, so book those as soon as you can. And because um, if you don't, you end up having to take five days off work or the mornings or because unless you happen to live near near Twickenham it's it's a you know slog out slog back uh, and and it also might mean if you don't book early that you end up having to actually compromise your training because the days in which you need to be in the heat chamber might not necessarily match with the training you want to do you, you can't do tempo runs or interval runs in the heat chamber because um, you need to run slowly and just get used to that so, um, but one thing I would say, I'm not, I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to name anyone explicitly, but there, there, is, there are some people out there who make money from training people, and some of their views are just wrong. So, um, <laughs> I'm not going to say more than that. But and and, and some of the views are, are quite frankly damaging, particularly if you're a female. Um, some of the advice I've heard is ridiculous about the, the weight you need to be. Um, but I would say one other thing I'd have practiced is probably before I go on each run that wasn't a tempo or an interval, one which I wasn't taking flat out, just neck two pints of water, bang, bang, straight in your belly as fast as you can and go about running. Because that feeling and getting used to that will really help you in the desert because there are times you need to just get drink in your belly yeah. through checkpoints and still be able to run. So if you're used to that, and then get used to drinking constantly. That's what the heat chamber really helps you with, how to get oh, yeah. used to just sipping so that you're doing a litre and a half in an hour. Right, okay, that's good. That was a good... Was that, that, was that, that, that was, I know, that's too much, too much serious talk about running. <laughs> we'll have to edit out that completely. But also, what you could do, if you really want to spice it up, if you want to replicate some conditions, do a long run on a Saturday, then get utterly shit-faced... <laughs> You're going to be completely out of... Uh, you're going to be dehydrated. 
you're going to be knackered and then go out on your long run and try and drink as much water as you can on that to rehydrate. Because oh. uh, I did that once or twice, and that is pretty good desert training. Oh, yeah, yeah. Rehydrating while running. Yeah, oh. active recovery. Yeah, having that sloshing about in your stomach's awful. Yeah. Like a lot of people when they do like the first marathon do that. Yeah. Or, you know, when you do like a big city marathon and you feel like you have to drink every single water stop and you just have that bloated, yeah. watery feel all the time. You just, it, it, it passes eventually, but yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. Okay. There's another question for you from uh, Tom Walker. What was, your, <laughs> what was your main food craving? Oh, it's a good question. Did you get cravings? No, not at all. I, I didn't, I didn't. I wasn't even that bothered about food after a while. You sp- you said that you were the opposite. You were you were starving, didn't you? I wasn't starving, but I could have just kept on eating. Actually, I didn't have cravings when we finished. I just wanted a cold beer. Oh, I wanted I wanted a, a, a crepe rolled up in a bit of plastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God! Thank God they supplied. Yeah, I wanted me I wanted egg. some fish and pasta pate. <laughs> I did start I did start complaining about it, and Thomas Blanc did say that none of that was odd at all. It's perfectly normal. <laughs> it's probably what he grew up in his packed lunch, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't think anyone in our tent was really craving anything. Um, I was, I was quite good lucky. In the, the, the... <laughs> yeah. Actually, were you... Everyone was hungry. No one was starving, though. No. Also, because the food you have is... I think you just crave fresh food so like things like oranges yeah because you you just get you get sugar and sugar and sugar carb carb card some people have got quite a lot of fat as well i mean i was i was so pleased i had i had these um these the food packages i took they're quite low calorie but lie they're called um um and I'm, I'm mentioning them without having even been sponsored by them. So, you know, you know, it's a genuine, <laughs> genuine heartfelt belief. I'm surprised you've got this far. We haven't mentioned that bloody thing that you love. That I can never remember the name of. What's the name of that? A dry robe. Dry robe. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't take a dry robe to the desert as much as I love it. Oh, well, you could do, I guess. But uh, instead of a sleeping bag. But um, the, yeah, they, those were brilliant because... They were fried meals, but instead of the other meals that were packed to be as as high calorie as possible, so they just got a shitload of oil and fat in them. Yeah. It was just wonderful, wonderfully nutritious. So masses of vegetables, really high uh, vitamin and mineral count, and those were really tasty. They just felt they felt fresh yeah. and tasted fresh, and because of that. I, I didn't really crave anything at all. It's, it's bizarre. And when we came back, people weren't people weren't ordering anything particular. People were like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" People were just quite quite sensible. I mean, there was a buffet. You ate a lot, but people weren't going nuts. I was quite surprised. Oh, I don't know. I think I went nuts on the buffet. But then Although, that's just general. Well, that's just general true. Well, I was thinking, should we mention something that we were craving that we might then get sent for free? Oh. oh. Yeah, uh, Ben and Jerry. I was really craving Domino's. Ben, oh, I do like Ben and Jerry. Ben actually. and Jerry's Domino's. Um, uh, ben, ben and Jerry's. Brewdog. 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 Oh yeah. my god, I was actually craving Brewdog. Jesus, that'd been amazing. That would have been good stuff. Yeah. So yeah, well, yeah, that, that's that, those would be a good set of sponsors, wouldn't they? I don't think I'd want Domino's. Oh man, wouldn't you? I'm classy. I'm, 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 you know, I'm sophisticated. <laughs> Papa John, I, 
I'd probably go Pizza Express over those guys. Yeah, but Pizza Express but anyway. pizza doesn't like tra- you can't like they can't deliver Pizza Express pizza because it's so it's so it's such a non-entity of a pizza. I do like Pizza Express. They put sugar in their pizza, don't they? That's odd. Do they? Yeah. Do they really? Yeah. I did not know that. Oh, I think I'm, I'm sure someone told me that. Oh well. Um, okay, another question for you from Lee Francis. I see you left your GPS watch <laughs> on the night before <laughs> the marathon day, so it was dead in the morning. Assuming you use your watch throughout, how did you go about recharging it? Well, actually, I, I, I chose my watch, so I didn't have to. So um, I'd written to Santa and asked them for one. So they sent me this thing called the Ambit 3. It is a, uh, it is a beast of a watch. It's, I, quite like, I love it now. It's really heavy, and it's like a tank. But it can last up to 30 hours, which was perfect for me. Um, so I didn't charge it at all. I, uh, I know... A couple of the guys, uh, AD of the tent, he had his own charger. But it was just because it's idiotically. So I then I didn't want to risk half half uh, recording the marathon day it dying and me having no watch at all. So I uh, I didn't record the marathon day. But, yeah, that was you. it allows you to change the interval accuracy from, I think, up to t- every 10 seconds it then records, which for something like a desert marathon is fine. If, if you're running through the streets of London, it would get a bit messed up. But for something like that, it was still really accurate, I think. So, uh, but I, I think it's becoming more common for... I think even Garmin now do quite a long recorded time watch. Yeah. But, but I think, so I think there's the, the new Garmin, and then, but Santo just nail it. Yeah. Um, and also what I like about it is it's so sturdy. You can just smash it around and... It's, it's not going to break or you're not going to damage it or anything. So, um, yeah, Ambit 3, bit of a plug there because they did send me it for free. Um, but, yeah, boy, did it do the job. It was great. Nice, nice. Let's talk about toilets. Toilets. Yes, there's, there's, there's a few about this. So let me let, let me mention all of them. We can talk about it in, in totality. All the okay. toilets. Rasana Kuit. Being a first Brit must mean toilet breaks are a premium. So did you weed down your legs? Um, another one from Lee Francis do the organisers provide bog paper and Russell Banks I assume you're so full of Imodium that it'll take until next week to need any toilet roll (laughs) well go on so explain the toilet situation how did you find it did they provide bog bog I think people people who are seriously considering it need to know the answers to this so um, go on you can be explicit here I thought it was great didn't you? Is it, so are they, they still like the little cubicle things with the, where you put a bag Such around a it system. and you sit in it and that's it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I th- the year we did it was the first time they tried it. And oh, so they had portaloos before? I, no, no, they didn't have anything before. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, God, so people just shitting everywhere. Well, I think they had like, they dug, dug like um, holes and stuff like that, but then the bag system was the first year that um, we had it. And um, we were asked, you know, what do we think of it and stuff? And I thought it worked really well. But they've obviously they've kept it. So, so you had to bring your own toilet roll, though, didn't you? Yeah. So I, I think I averaged seven sheets a day because I kept on counting uh, just out of interest. Because I'd unrolled my toilet roll to get rid of that oh, yeah. you can bit buy, in the middle. You can buy a Kleenex. Well, you used to be able to buy a Kleenex one without the toilet roll in it, a travel... Cle- uh, travel uh, uh, Definitely recommend yeah. doing that. Yeah. Oh, the other, I, thing, the other thing that Lee said was, look, did they provide bog paper? If not, 
would setting up some sort of internet spamming bot to send a ridiculous amount of messages to yourself, <laughs> bolster provisions, and later days be a good tactical move. Perhaps messaging the names of all your favourite MPs might add a little extra satisfaction to such ablutions. That is such a good idea. That's a great idea. That would definitely work. And even if not, you could use it for um, helping starting fires. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, that's a brilliant idea. It's br- yeah. good, isn't it? Well, I, I, I gave myself 10 sheets a day with an extra 10 in case I had a terrible day. Um, but actually, I, 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 I took an Imodium tablet every morning, and that seemed to just... It's, I still needed to go each, each day. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it kept me... It kept me uh, Tidied you over. Kept me clean, yeah. Oh, sounds like it was... I, I thought it was all right. Well, I didn't have any problem with it, and that was probably one of my biggest worries... Yeah, um, and I don't think it—I don't think it was a problem for anyone really. The no, the is- toilets are great actually. I'd much rather do it in their system than Glastonbury. It's so clean, and you go into the toilet and it is clean. It's just this little stool. <laughs> it's not shit all up the walls like yeah. in other city marathons. Yeah, Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> but they—that's um, <laughs> that's yeah, that's just a dirty protest at their uh, lack of water on the on the, on the route. But I did—I did pee twice. Uh, while running, which I thought was a bit risky, but part of me quite enjoyed that risk. So you pee, right? So you wet yourself, basically. No, 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 no. What? No, no, no. I um. Oh, I, oh, okay. The wind, the wind was in the right direction. Oh, nice. And I thought, and and also you do you do things like that just for just for shits and giggles. Um, <laughs> just cause so, you see some Berber kids coming over the horizon. You. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, so one of those in the dunes the first day, and I thought, oh, I did the toilet, sod it, let's just do it. So I was just running along, um, peeing, and it was kind of, I, I did check, there was no one in the wind behind. <laughs> I love it, it if the helicopter caught that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, got, I did get caught on the long day. I was running over the top, and I didn't realise people were, were all the way at the bottom. And so I was running along, peeing there. And I can't, one of the girls has said, oh, we saw you here after you came for a pee while you were running. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. If Whoops. you leapt, if you were peeing and you leapt over a dune and there was a photographer there to capture the moment. It would be such a great photo, though, wouldn't it? It would be amazing. <laughs> but I do think people take, you couldn't, there will be spare toilet roll left at the end if you go light. Yeah. Because um, people take too much because they're, they're nervous that yeah. you know one one bad session can clean you out so uh you, you're all aware of that but actually i mean the weight of the toilet paper is so inconsequential anyway yeah so yeah i, I mean go for go for something like eight nine sheets a day or just practice you know See? Practice. but i would practice i would recommend practice. all i'd say is that it's a lot easier to wipe down a kitchen top than to get a stain out of a woolly jumper I let that one sink in. <laughs> I think you understand what I'm saying, right, Jay? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all I'm saying. That was my tactic beforehand, and uh, it was the right decision. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's very detailed. You never mentioned anything like that. <laughs> well, that's just uh, it's, it's just for my friends who wax won't judge shave. me too badly. Uh, wax or shave? Cream. Cream. Feet. Feet. What? Yeah. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, yeah, so nice. Oh, yeah. Did, did you do it yourself, or did you enlist help for that? That I did by myself. Gotcha. No, I wouldn't. Um, wouldn't subject anyone to that horror. <laughs>
Oh, right. Well, I wasn't expecting that. How is gal? <laughs> is it like running on a very long well, is it like running a very long way on a beach? <laughs> is that from <laughs> Harry Gow? Oh, Harry, brilliant. <laughs> you met Harry at the beer Yeah, lines. yeah. Great guy. Yeah, it is actually. In some ways, the if you've run on a beach, especially if it's a you know sandy beach that's not wet, so it is still soft. It's completely like that. And uh, but the, what's quite nice about it, you, there are always landmarks around. Yeah. You, it doesn't feel like you're endlessly running. Did you did you ever have that? Yeah, I, I did. A lot of the time, I thought this isn't as deserty as I uh, expected it to be. It always seemed like really varied. I think it's like it's beautiful. Um, that yeah. part of the, the Sahara. It's just, and I loved I loved the variation in terrain, like the fact that you would be going up jebels and stuff, and you know going across the tops of dunes and like huge, huge like dried out lake beds and um, and it feel it felt really varied. Uh, I, you know, you keep it. It's like when they say, "Oh yeah, there's a June day, but there's Junes every single day." Yeah. There's all. There's yeah. just no. There's just the sand is relentless. When when you hit sand, it's just being able to run on it's a nightmare. But but there there is huge. I mean, it, it's rare that you go more than five or six kilometers without them changing the direction yeah. or changing, just changing the terrain. Or it does. It is really varied, and that that's what's great about it, actually. You're constantly getting something new. I think the the longest period um, was running across a lake bed, and I think that was like the sort of the early evening on the on the long day, and just running across this huge, huge lake bed. And I was fortunate that when I was like, I came out there, um, the photographer took a photo of me running it, and so I've just got this just me running, and this just huge expanse in front of me, you know, completely empty with nothing. Oh, nothing that's to cool. Be seen. It was a great photo. What what was the photo situation like for you? Because um, it, they, of course, they never take. They try to don't take any photos of Brits at all. You're like you'll, they'll almost whitewash in a Stalinist way any Brits out of any of the coverage or anything for some for some reason. But what was the what was the photography situation? You got that one photo. I saw you leaping over a dune, which was brilliant, and you were swearing into the camera. Um, well, it's quite. I don't quite understand how it works because there seem to be event photographers for different countries yeah so you've got people like ian, ian corliss who is doing photographs for the uk yeah or, or i think or maybe i don't know if it's just from self or and so there are certainly there are so many photographers that i thought oh brilliant this is going to make a great photo that then the photos i, I can't find them they're not <laughs> no, in the official exactly ones. it's like you you only you're only allowed to the photographer who it's from your country. It's the only one who's allowed to supply you with photos. Yes, yeah, so there's there's loads of photos out there because because um, I intentionally for each one tried to do something different or memorable. But there's some great ones that you want when you're running down dunes or where you're, yeah. you're coming up the Jebel, or, and they just haven't appeared. So and I the numbers your number is so visible in every shot yeah. that it's you have to have it kept in a you know you can't cover it and so you know that every photo is going to have it on but i've no idea what half of them are there's quite a cool package that a friend's um, sam in our tent bought where for his parents bought for him for christmas a custom-made photo package by by ian where ian would come around the tent and he'd he'd intentionally go to particular places to get pictures of sam yeah but um yeah it's a shame there's 
there's so many great photos out there, but yeah, it's not done like like you expect like a marathon thing where all the numbers are all the photos are pulled and all the numbers you know, you search by number and you find your things and you select which ones you want. It's you have to you have to because I think what happens with is the photographers each pay to be there. Yeah, they pay a price to be there, and so they then make their money out of charging you for those packages and stuff. Um, and then yeah, obviously that's that's where they make the money from. But yeah, it's it's a bit disappointing. You think oh the amount of photos that I mean I I say that where I was in the race, no one was taking photos of me. But are they where not? you are, well, not really. Not you know the the the, the person that I, um, I asked to to do the photos for me, I you know I barely saw him. Um, yeah. He was always at the front because they they also want all the all the the quick ones as well. So you probably saw more photographers than a lot of people at the back did. Yeah, and, and but then you'd get the odd photographer who'd just put some on Facebook himself. Yeah. And you get suddenly get tagged in some photos. There's a few of me at the finish with Gavin and uh with with T- with Ali and with um was Eli- with Elizabeth that some French guy who I I guess he must have been one of the sports stuff, took some really nice photos and put them up. Yeah. And he, we happened to get tagged in them. So there's probably others out there, but uh, it is a shame because I think it's it's the one event that I mean people want to get a, a picture of them when they're yeah. finishing a math and but this is the type of photo where it's such an epic event you want to get a photo of yourself, but also every photo out there is such incredible scenery and the yeah, contrast. Absolutely. That, that there are no bad photos. Yeah, no, that's it. Okay, so you've talked about like the experience and what you've done well and what's worked well and what you might do differently. Um, did the sand bath work? <laughs> <laughs> I never did it. What? Well, the, the sand was too hard. I get, never was in a point. Get back in the desert. Well, is, everyone has been waiting on to find out whether the sand bath worked. I know. I think it would have done. I think I genuinely what? think it would have done. But the trouble was the the um, the sand was so densely packed. I suppose they have and, to, they have to choose um, like quite densely packed sand to put to, to pitch the camp, don't they? Oh uh, yeah, that's true. Sand. Actually, yeah. And so you come in, and because I would have done it if it was sandy, but uh, well, soft sand. But because you come in, it's like even I. I mean, even breaking up the sand so I could create something resembling a, a mattress and something soft to lie on was was quite a hassle. Yeah. But even but that, even that you wouldn't necessarily want to put over your legs. Oh, really? And be, you'd need a lot more of it. So by the time I came in, stole all the wood, stole stole the the uh, extra carpet got all the stones um then to be like oh can i be asked to break up all this sand that's going to take forever to then put over my legs uh, and it's also <laughs> then it's also then queuing time that you then have to queue extra at doc trots i never did it i'm afraid but i still think the right year it's going to be uh it's going to make the difference of someone's race yeah yeah what would it take for you to get into the top 10 what do you think to, to go from where you were to top 10 I think even that performance another year. I mean, if I look at the early years, if you look at the documentary of of James uh, Cracknell, for example, yeah. I was closer to the to the leader than he was in in what did I come seventeenth? Yeah. And this was on a longer course, so in, in 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 if any in a harder year. So if anything, we should have been more spread out. So you're um, saying for you to get into the top ten, you need to travel back in time to when the race was a bit tr- easier. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, uh, that's a cop out. 
Well, that's the thing. I don't know whether future years, if, it, if this was just a... Because I, obviously having the that group of some of the world's best ultra runners and world's best mountain runners brought over as one team, that beefed up the number of people who were sensationally good um, in the field. So removing those almost gets me top 10. Um, but... Yeah, I think just a, a few, a few, because it's not that much difference in time to top ten. It's maybe, I was maybe an hour off top ten, which is quite a lot. But actually, if I hadn't blown up, that would be twenty minutes. If on the long day I hadn't, you know, I'd actually near the end cared about really still pushing, could have probably got ten, fifteen minutes there. The marathon day could have got ten minutes there. Yeah. So actually, just um, just a few small things, and probably doing a few more if I hadn't it hadn't done those ultras in the spring and just trained hard through then my pace my top pace would have been so much quicker and my t- I'd have had some r- a lot better tempo sessions and so I'd have been able to sustain that high pace especially if I put some weights in there for recovery sustain that high pace for a lot longer yeah. so um yeah, I mean, it's. I, I think even if I just went back and trained exactly the same program again, I'd probably top ten. But um, you never know; it might it might get harder each year. And the fact that they had these two really famous American ultra runners coming over might suddenly open it up to the states, and it, so it could be that we see an influx of of Americans coming. At which point, it's funny. If, it's really funny because there's been a you know there's always been a promise of like some of the American like trail runners and ultra runners coming across and doing it. Like Dean Canazes did it, and um, but they've always did, they've always struggled. It's, did it's, he do it? Yeah. How did he do? Uh, I don't. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But I'm not as well as I think he thought he was going to do. But then again, he's not that good compared to the guys who win. No. And coming into it, unless you're. You know, did you ever watch? Did you ever watch that thing with um, what's the name? Jack Osborne. It called Adrenaline Junkie. Oh, I tried to get a copy of that to watch it. He tried to run the MDS in it. Did he make it? (laughs) No, he didn't in any way, shape, or form. They realised just how ridiculous it was trying to get him to run the MDS. I mean, he, it was, did, oh, it was... Did they just turn up and say, this week Jack's running the MDS? Oh, it was something like that. Oh, God, poor Blake. It was just, it was disastrous. So had they trained him up for it? Clearly not even close to it. Like, most of those, most of the ones on there um, were, uh, again, just sort of blagging it or winging it. You know, you could, you know, with the adrenaline junkie stuff. But that yeah. was, they hadn't really taken into account the fact that, you know, <laughs> that there had to be some element of training Oh God! What poor? How, I mean, how far did he get? I just think it was. I th- I'm not even sure. I just think I, I just saw it was just a total side. He was with them, um, a couple of other people, and I think they they finished it. I mean, if anyone's got a copy of that somewhere, I'd love to watch it. But the that's the thing. People forget that if you took someone like Dean Canal, whatever his name is, if well, if you took someone like Gabriel Hardy Selassie and he did an ultra, he would smash everyone else in the world at ultra running. He would utterly destroy them. Yeah. And it's not that these... I, th- I think there's this belief that people who are ultra runners are as good as shorter distance runners. It's just they're more suited to ultra runners. I, but I just don't well, think that's true. The, uh, that young lady, the uh, Brighton Marathon uh, registration, yeah. uh, she clearly <laughs> had a much greater expectation of what an ultra runner was. 
until she until she saw that I was the reality of it. But if you if you took someone like um, I mean Mo Farah's not transitioned that well to the marathon, isn't? But if you took Bekele or any of these guys, they're running 120 miles to 180 miles a week in training. Yeah. You take that guy and you make him do any ultra runner, he will destroy every single record out there. Yeah. He will, ab- and they're not even close. It's, he will absolutely demolish everyone. And um, there's still this, because, ev- because no one does the ultras, and so there's very few people who've, who've ever finished them, a lot of these hard ones, you look at the people who win them, and they are incredible athletes. But you take, a t- you t- you take Scott Jurek, and you get him to, to, to race against Bekele, on any ultra, and Bekele, I'm pretty sure, would absolutely destroy him. Didn't they try that once? Didn't they try something like that? When, only thinking of um, when someone raced a cheetah. <laughs> what? Have we talked about This sounds familiar. No, I don't think we have. <laughs> what? Someone raced a cheetah. <laughs> I'm sure that happened, or, Um Amarillo Slim raced a Man race. Man versus once. cheetah. Man That's versus it. cheetah. <laughs> Okay, so I think like the thing about ultra running, yeah, this is going slightly off topic. Topic is that ultra running in the past was more of like a community of people that just did really long runs, and it yeah. really, it wasn't really about times. It was more about like doing it on multiple days and about a community, and it's it, like it's like any anything which goes from being sort of slightly underground. As you know, when I when I, when I started, to, I mean, the whole reason I got into ultras was because yeah. I had to train for the MDS, and I didn't even know at that point that these things existed. And I, I mean, I'm sure I, I think everyone knows about it now, but yeah, you know, they're certainly more mainstream, especially when you got ultras selling out, you know, like two thousand places in in an hour or whatever. Yeah, but they were sort of underground, and they had like a bit of a community. You know, there was essentially like a big running club almost. You always saw the same people at them and stuff, and so. Like times weren't that important, but like you yeah. said, because it was called ultra running, there was this impression that somehow that these were like superior runners um, in some mm. way. And actually, when you put them against like people who were genuinely quick, a marathon or whatever, it doesn't matter whether it's a, it doesn't really matter what the distance is. They're just quick, yeah, over over whatever distance. And so you get this situation now where you've got these. Um, you know, like ridiculous, like hundred mile races and everything. The, you know, people knocking twenty five minutes off off the the best, which is which is crazy. It shows you hasn't even got to that. It in itself shows you hasn't even got to the limit of you know what what people are capable of. But shows yeah. you that it hasn't had. It's never really those things have been motivated by great times or running quickly or or you know that wasn't always the aim. I mean, even there was even discussion within like ultra running community about offering money as prizes. As though it's like a slippery slope to actually ruining the sport. Um, oh, so they they shouldn't do it at all. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And I've, I mean, like I'm saying that from the point of view who's so has only been like an ultra runner for what five years, so not really, not really as long as you know further back. But they they have those discussions because um, it wasn't. We're getting off topic here with the yeah. ultra running, so let's get back on topic. But I'm no, sure no, that, no. But what, no, what were I'm you going to? I'm sure there was a thing about some someone uh, someone doping in uh, in an ultra or whatever, and then being allowed to race. And because they start, bring, as soon as they start bringing sponsors into, I mean, the whole idea of sponsors coming into ultra running is it, it seems a bit weird still because it's so. It's, it's, I mean, it's much more mainstream now, but it's so even in, like even in the small amount of time that I've been doing it. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it's the, there was this whole discussion about you know not offering money because it attracts like it starts attracting like drug users. People, if people are thinking about doping to do an ultra, it seems ridiculous. But if there is money at stake, then all of a sudden it changes the complexion of it. Well, it depends how. But the, I mean, the it doesn't matter if you if you offer money or not because if it's high profile, money comes your way if you win something. So it's still worth doping. I think, if, if, I think if you can, I think like if you win the the South Downs Way one hundred, you get three hundred quid or something. <laughs> I think that's the prize. But I think that's pretty good. Dude, you know, is that? Is that? I don't. I don't know. I, I, at that end of the spectrum, I have no idea what people win. I have no idea what what what's a, what's a good prize for winning like a normal marathon or something like that. What's what? What are the? Actually, I don't know. Oh, but the. Good. I'll tell you what, when, when Obstacle Racing came out, yeah. um, so it, I was talking to so Robbie, R- Robbie Britton's girlfriend was on our team for a while. Yeah. And, um, Fern. Uh, n- n- <laughs> that's right, that's right. She's a work in progress. <laughs> so um, <laughs> they, he came along to one of our races and was chatting to us. Yeah. And then he found out that the winner of the race got £1,500. <laughs> he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Because he's, I think he was number three in the world. Yeah, fifteen hundred pounds for the dirty weekend. Really? Yeah, I mean the the world champs is fifteen thousand, maybe. Oh, I might start taking it seriously. <laughs> I know. If any of know. How much you get four laps of winter nuts? The first year, you you probably got quite a bit. But, it was definitely hundreds. But what I mean, it, they must have been. This must have been a big issue in obstacle course racing because it was such a um, it has such a credible sport before people started racing. It was. It was. Well, the trouble is that something like OCR <laughs> is so easy to cheat. And how do you then enforce it? Yeah. And if if each obstacle, oh, like someone... you said, yeah, you said that, didn't you? About doing like press ups and other yeah. stuff, yeah. And so they they had this. I mean, I I don't know of anyone who's who's cheated who's cheated their way to, um, to the honour of of going to the OCR World Champs. Well, to to fifteen hundred pounds is what it could be. You know, you could Ooh. someone someone could just quite easily <laughs> cut off a corner. They and, could, couldn't they? Yeah, I mean, it's not like there's there's mat chips, uh, chip chips, uh, chip mats everywhere, and you could quite easily. Get, yeah, yeah, yeah. How how how's all the money poured into that so quickly? Because people are paying. There's ten thousand people paying a hundred pounds to do it. Oh my god! Whereas you look at an ultra run, it's like thirty quid, <laughs> and there's thirty of you. <laughs> so like that's a third of the winnings. So it's a third. The total take Let is me, the winner. I'm just gonna have a look, see what the what the actual prize is to win it. It was it was three hundred pound a few. Oh, here we go. Be under FAQs. So just the South Downs way. Yeah, yeah. In South Downs, it's like yeah, it's, it's it's quite a big big ultra. Yeah, uh, it's, I mean it's one of the biggest in the UK, isn't it? Yeah, I don't even think it mentions there being a prize. Well, <laughs> I can't find it. But there, there's a, there'll be a prize. It's obviously not not that important. But also, something like an ultra when they have the awards ceremony, there's no one there. No, yeah. there isn't. No, I do. <laughs> I think. I've only ever seen two award ceremonies. I've only like done enough to get to a point. I think the only other one I saw was um, when I did the fan dance, where like I, yeah. came, I, I, I had a really good place because everyone else got lost on the mountain. I was the only person who read the map. And the um, 
what's it called, Royal Parks Ultra, where I, I walked, I walked into the tent and the award ceremony was going on. It was like, oh, I, I don't think I've ever seen this happen. Before. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Is this what normally happens? That they is give awards? King? <laughs> yeah, and so uh, yeah, I don't know. I, the, the, the prize must be told, but that's interesting. What's the prize for winning the MDS? Free entry next year? That's normally it, isn't it? No, it's it's pretty good because I know I remember Elizabeth saying the year before on the third stage or the second stage she was running with someone and then legged it for the line because you win maybe 300 350 euros each day for winning the stage so i'd guess it's around the kind of 3000 euro mark for winning the whole mds so it's not masses no but still you know it's quite nice well actually it covers your entry doesn't it well no but don't you get free entry next year You'd, you'd hope so. <laughs> yeah, he just pays it off. He just <laughs> yeah. You just get it free next year, and that is it. That's all there is. Well, have you ever have you heard of the Human Race series? Uh, I've heard of it. What? What? I don't know. What they it do is, that. Though. They've they've got some really good duathlons and also some trail running series. Uh, so Human Race also is duathlons. Yeah, it's because no swimming, so it's a good one. But it's, it's mountain biking, so it's allowed. So that. It's mountain biking, so it's quality. But I just do the running ones. But you, you win enough money. So instead of having, say you're first, you get, I think you've got £50 worth of race entry. Yeah. Or £100 worth of And then and if you're second or third. or And so you, but also if you're the first vet, and then if you, and there was a 10K. and oh, the, yeah. So it ends up with around 20% of the field win entrance, free entrance into the next race. And so people can't stop coming because whenever you, <laughs> whenever you've won free entry in something, you're like, "Well, I better do it." And so you're there, and there's just the same people week on week who are like, "Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to have to carry on doing this," but it's another free race. And so it's quite bizarre in that fifty percent, a twenty, a fifth of the of the field haven't paid and just keep on coming back because they feel they feel obliged to. <laughs> So no one ever actually gets, no one pays for the race. No one gets any money, but you just all turn up. It's just a, yeah. Well, I didn't realise there was a living to be made in races. OCR. Well, I mean, John's, John's professional now. John Alban. I mean, it's, I don't think, I mean, probably only him and Ryan in Canada, Canadian guy, probably those two are the only people in the world who can be professional yeah. OCR races. Because as soon as you're, if you don't win, World Surface Matter, all the world champs, all the Spartan world champs, then the money on offer is, even if it's £1,500 for a race, there's not many races like that in the world. So unless you win every single one, and even if you do, you'll probably only end up with £10,000, £15,000, plus travel costs, plus entries, plus... So it's not much. So it's only John and I think Ryan who can probably afford to be full-time. How far are you off uh, (laughs) full-time, (laughs) full-time... Oh, uh, just being fired. How would that? Yeah, yeah. That's all it would take. That's a good thing. If you, if you, how far? Yeah, how far into a year would your winnings from OCR take you, living wise? <laughs> well, I've got a plaque from Man versus Mountain. I could probably sell for about twenty quid on eBay. Um, yeah, I think I don't think I've actually ever won any money. <laughs> it was literally seconds into a year yeah 
I've won a few vouchers for half marathons or marathons, but no, no actual cash. Did you? And if I, I've got, I've got some more. I've got a few more questions about. Oh yeah, um, about the MDS because we are. Yeah, well, um, but these are sort of slightly related to uh, to kit actually, and uh, yeah. like and uh, freebies and stuff like that. Did you have any kit malfunctions? Not malfunctions, no. Um, everything was perfect actually, except I had a a raid light bag that wasn't even on the market yet yeah and it it had um don't know if you've had dry bags before that have that twisty the yeah. top that you can fold over and yeah. and twist down and then clip in yeah so those two clips clipped together they also clipped in over your shoulders and unfortunately one of the clips from over the shoulders came loose which wasn't ideal um because it, it slightly changed the balance of it Right. But actually, it was fine. I just clipped them together. So that that was a malfunction. Other than that, everything was perfect. I took um, a couple of cable ties, yeah, just in case, because they're so light, and a couple of those little wiry bits that you used to get with your sandwich bags. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That you can twist on. So I thought they're so light and potentially so useful. They don't give those with sandwich bags anymore, do they? Uh, I don't know. I mean, when's when's the last time you had a sandwich bag? We had some sandwich bags, but they weren't... No, I don't think anyone actually uses sandwich bags for sandwiches anymore. We had some sandwich bags, but I can't remember what we used it for, but they were foldy-over, foldy-over plastic ones. Or oh, the, okay. or the ones that ones. have that sticky ones as well. But yeah, oh, you yeah. don't get the, the bags and the, uh, the wire things anymore. Well, I had some of those wire things. And then... No, but I didn't have any... I don't think anyone in our tent actually had any malfunctions. So, okay, we know we talked before... This, again, this relates to kit and, kit and other stuff. And yeah. um, we talked before that um, there's always someone who's a fucking blagger in the tent. Yeah, yeah. W- was that you? From... What do you mean by blag? From who? From people from, in the tent? From, yeah, from everyone else. Was there someone who was a taker? Not in our tent. We... No, I don't think... I wasn't in our tent. I was a blagger, though. Um, I was always, I was always on the blag. Oh, were um, you? you yeah, did oh, you yeah. turn into a proper spiv? You're... No, not at all. It's more. It'd, it'd be more. Actually, I was more a magpie than a blagger. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I just, I just, I just find without asking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would never be from from races, but I just find things to be like. Actually, that could be quite useful for this. Or it was more. I'd. I felt like I was cold it, so I'd. I just see items and think, actually, this could be used another way. So, classic ones that the bin bags yeah. that you use to to have a shit in. I can't yeah. remember if I've mentioned this on the podcast or I've talked about it elsewhere. But if you fill those with the the solution you get from Doc Trotters, you can wash your clothes in them. So, I did my socks in those. Oh, nice. Or if you fill them with sand, you got a pillow. Nice. So suddenly, the, the pillow and a, a wash is pretty useful for those things. Um, but there's, yeah, I'd, I'd just constantly be thinking about how you can use everything. And, and actually, half of it, you get given ideas from everyone else. I took some scissors so that you you have your bags of food that instead of having the heavy foil bags, you just put them in a, a plastic bag yeah. uh, or a sandwich bag equivalent that's really light. And then you cut the top off your water bottle, your big water bottle. You then put your, your food in that um and you've got a long spoon and then you put the top back on and then it sits there and it just cooks in the sun and it's not going to knock over and it's all sanitized and so there's lots of little things like that you're constantly doing yeah but i'd be i mean other than stealing the words stealing the, the mats stealing the 
stones. Filling the hearts and minds of your Hearts and minds. I was constantly walking around looking at stuff thinking, uh, is there anything here that could be used, useful in like some other way? But, but actually our tent, because everyone was top 200, no one was really looking. 80, 80 gave away food at the end. Uh, but we, t- we generally split it up yeah. amongst the tent. Um, so we didn't have uh, anyone dishing out. And, and also because Ali was there and Ali and I were so close, you, we, you couldn't really give food to one of us and not the other. Yeah. It would, it would just been out of order. Right. Well, what were you doing? What do you mean? You were loading up, were you? <laughs> no, I t- load. No, no, I wasn't the blagger. The blagger was the was the quick one in our tent who didn't have enough food. He was constantly, every time you'd put a bit of food down, do you want that, do you want that? If there was food going, I'd, I'd eat anything, but that's the same with most of us. Did you get a warm can of Coke? Yeah, cold can of Coke, actually. Is it cold? Yeah. They told us we were going to get beer and it didn't arrive. Oh, that's cruel. Yeah, really cruel. And the can was nice, but I, I mean, it wasn't... People weren't that fussed about it. It wasn't this this heaven sent drink. No, that was, it was just the tea. a yeah. And that, even that, actually, the tea was just yeah. <laughs> it's strange. I think I've craved things. I've I've craved food more when I've been in America and had shit cheese. I just wanted. <laughs> I know what you mean. Just wanted good cheese, or just wanted a good cup of tea. It's when you have lots of shit stuff that you really want good stuff. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, and what was the um, what was the last night like then in the uh, in the hotel? Yeah, it was fine. It was. Uh, it, it, did you do that weird thing where actually you'd seen loads of people in the desert and everything, but you don't know actually what anyone looks like because everyone's like covered in sand, and you're like, oh, oh, you look like that. All oh, right. Yeah, and you've spoken to so many people as well that yeah. you don't really know the name of. But actually, I mean, the daytime was much nicer, more than more than the party because. Everyone's just sat around the pool having cocktails, having beers. Such a good atmosphere. Everyone's so chatty and friendly. You're having a great time. And then the dinner came and it it just it missed some energy because you had this big, big meal. They then did the awards and afterwards it just petered out. There was no music. Was people were, no, people were sat on small tables of five or six. So we carried on drinking, and in the end, we got thrown out of the bar. We were the last ones there, but there wasn't anything to get people to move off their seats. So you just stayed in your seats drinking with your mates. Yeah. A few people changed tables a little bit, but it was almost like uh, I can't. I mean, I I can't think of anything that's that's been so sedate really for a for a party. Running awards. Running awards is brilliant. <laughs> oh my god, that's kicking off. And, and people were drinking, but no one was going crazy because everyone was a little bit worried about how much booze they could handle. So everyone was drinking, drinking, drinking. And then you're like, oh, it's the end of the night. We're all going to go to bed. Well, actually, I didn't. I then crept off about two, three. Ollie and Sam then came in with uh, Marina at about four in the morning, then gave me jiff about being old. In fact, I was in bed as an old man and all of this. I was just going hard and hard. But, um, yeah, they all passed out. So they, they, they did us proud we say but no I, th- I think you just need a, a, a disco or karaoke or some yeah. kind of music just something to give energy and to get people up and moving but people just conked out went to bed oh, it's really no. disappointing oh. yeah yeah shame so next year 
take some music with you and make a party of your game. Pete, take a, get Scott to come out with his little... Uh, oh, yeah. It's mobile little, disco. Yeah, mobile disco, exactly. That's what you need. But the I felt a bit jealous because Christian, who, um, great guy, he'd, he went away and he kept on, throughout the event, actually, on after the long stage, he went to join the Berbers and they were all doing this crazy dancing around the fire. So he joined in that. And then on the night of the party, he joined the Berbers. I thought he actually went native and (laughs) I'm not going back. I'm just, (laughs) it wouldn't have surprised me. Actually, he he seemed more at home there than he would do in London, I think. But he, um, he then went to a, the, the French party, which apparently it was amazing. So next year do the Brit Awards and then find out the hotel, the French win, because Patrick goes there and that all kicks off. And that's where they've made a real effort. Yeah. And I think that's the one to get involved in because they, they actually have got a party planned rather than just a meal and some drinks. So yeah, go and get crash that. So final thing then. Yeah. Did you see any proper do badder behavior? Oh, I mean, I reckon Ted Jackson leading 20 people the wrong way. That's pretty too badder. That's pretty too bad. Getting 20 people cut by just not paying attention. Uh, that was good. That was too bad a behavior. Um, what else would I say? No, everything else is too, too friendly and too nice. And I'm trying to think of anyone who is a real asshole, but... <laughs> There just weren't any I can think of. Oh, there probably was a lot, though, that a lot of slight cheating or things like that. There were three guys who kept on getting naked in the middle of the circle, (laughs) (laughs) showering each other. I'm not sure that has do bad or just weird. We were so confused by it. It was quite... I mean, you always became transfixed. That's quite... Yeah, I imagine that's quite compelling. Yeah, it is, because you... I just wanted to understand what was going through their head, what their thinking was. But um, no, there was there was a disappointing amount. Well, actually, there was a lot of DNFing. So yeah, that was a, that was a great. That was, I suppose all of that was great, great do badder behaviour. Yeah, and there were a lot of people who went out hard on the Three first day. <laughs> Boom! Just come yeah. back next year. Ah, <laughs> uh, there's one guy who was a do badder for sure. So uh, my friend Tim, who unfortunately had to pull out on the first day, he'd convinced his friend to come along. Can't remember his name. Really nice guy. He um he came out. hadn't really looked into it. hadn't <laughs> really changed for it. He'd just taken. They'd been drunk. And he'd, he'd taken Tim's word. Like, yeah, well, you'll be fine. So he turned up. And apparently, he was found on the dune spraying himself with um, a little bottle of water that had a like a nice spraying. What is it called? Yeah, so he's just spraying himself with water at the top of the dune, having a wonderful time. And then as soon as he um, he came back, and they went, oh, Tim's gone home. He went, really? Yeah, Tim. Tim's, he's, he's bailed. He's like, all right, see you guys. <laughs> and then just went. <laughs> Cause, yeah, because he's like, well, if Tim's not going to be here, fuck that. I can't be asked to do all this by myself. So he just went and got straight on the next uh, Jeep home. That was pretty deep out. I respected that guy. Oh. That's brilliant. Not even, yeah. not even that thing about should I carry on? Should I do it? You know, should I do it for Tim? Should I do it? Nah, I'm off. See ya. I think it was complete relief. Like, oh, thank God, I've got the excuse to go. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Well, man, it's been brilliant. Yeah, and well, hopefully we'll be we'll have this again next year with Pete. Yeah, I actually think that this collection of uh, the amount of audio 
we've got around the MDS covering everything is actually longer than the amount of time it took you to do the MDS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably true. The amount of analysis. Yeah. yeah, if you don't, if you if you don't know what the MDS is now, or you don't know every intricate aspect of it, or there's any questions that you still got tough. We're not we're not recording anything about MDS until yeah, next. Yeah, I think we've year. rinsed that pretty well now. Yeah, so um, on to on to bigger and better things now. Yeah. Well, next week is uh, is going to be a what is next week? It's London Marathon and the Running Awards. Oh, those are two big episodes. <laughs> big, big episode. Well, one episode. Two big, two big stories. That is going to be good. All right, amazing, man. Well, I shall see you then. See you later, man. Cheers, buddy. Bye. Bye. Bye.